Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Giese, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. Well, this week's podcast is a little shorter than the last few weeks. I hope you don't mind that. I'll talk with staff writer Jim Schultz about week six of the high school football season. My first guest was named the new head coach and general manager of the Albany Empire last Thursday after Rob Keith resigned earlier last week. Please welcome to the podcast and the Capital Region, Tom Manaz. Tom, uh, welcome to the podcast and uh, congratulations and uh, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, actually, right now, traveling to uh, to my office in Albany. So, uh, we're right on the Ohio Turnpike. How's the weather? Because as we're taping on Wednesday, I, yeah, I think there's some snow out in the Buffalo area, and uh, I don't know what the weather's like in Ohio right now. Uh, we went through, so far since we left uh, where we live in northern Michigan, we left uh, three inches of snow, some blizzards, some whiteouts, and now we're in Cleveland, and it's... Uh, Sunny and dry. Wow. So, looks good. <laughs> You're getting it all kinds of weather because I think it's calling for rain here later Wednesday, but uh, hopefully Thursday will be better by the time you get settled in and all that. So, let's talk, let's talk about yeah. this. How did this all co- come about? I mean, it's all so, kind of something. I'm sorry? How did this all come about with the, with the job? Well, you know, um, I was the assistant head coach in New Jersey for this year and have been since the COVID thing started. Uh, we lost last season. I was the assistant head coach there. But we continued working and pounding at it, getting ready to start this year's season. And uh, uh, the year prior to that, I left Green Bay. So when we were uh, getting ready to for our season to start, uh, this is kind of a, I don't know, maybe one of those Yahoo moments, but uh, I was cutting the grass and my phone rang. And uh, it was our head coach in New Jersey. And uh, Terrence Foster is probably one of the, nicest kindest people on the earth and uh he's been doing this a long time and he believes in every coach getting an opportunity especially if they're qualified for it so he called me up and he said you know would you be interested in that albany job and i said that's like asking a guy if he's interested in coaching the patriots right so i said yeah absolutely and he said oh okay you know and i didn't think much of it kept got stayed on the tractor kept cutting the grass you know getting ready to leave for jersey um a couple hours later, one of the owners called me, and um, he said, hey, you know, you got a minute to talk. I shut the tractor up under a tree and started talking to him, <laughs> and we talked for probably a half hour, 45 minutes, and then he's a great guy, and it was just wonderful, and so, you know, I, I thought, you know, hey, man, worst case scenario, thanks for the call. It was great, and, uh, you know, he said, well, let me talk to my partner, and I'll get back to you, kind of thing. So, three minutes later... He called me back and he said, how soon can we fly you out here? And um, so it worked out really well. Flew up there Friday, um, was announced, uh, met him at the, they met me at the uh, at the airport at 1030, um, had a bite to eat, talked a little bit, got to meet each other face to face. A couple of the owners were there uh, at breakfast. We got back to the office uh, and probably, uh, I don't know, maybe... An hour and a half later, they brought out the contract and the rest of the street. Wow. I mean, how excited are you to get going here? Uh, how, 
how long do I have no, to no, get how, going how, here? How, I'm how, sorry. How, how excited are you to get going? Oh, my gosh. You know, um, I've been a head coach before and, and uh, been a position coach, assistant head coach, uh, been an intern. <laughs> you know, I, I started, uh, when I got done playing, I, I, you know, I knew I wanted to stay in football. And, I, you know, I started playing football when I was five years old. And Saturday is my birthday. I'll be 61. And uh, I've never been out of football. So uh, I love, I have a passion for football. It's everything I think about, do, want to do, uh, eat, breathe. Off season, I watch film, trying to get better, always doing the things I need to do. And when they called, I think the reason I was so excited was I was ready to go back to being a head coach. You know, last couple years, or yeah, last couple years, I've been assistant head coach. And really, you know, my, my, my true forte is being a head coach. And uh, I was looking forward to getting back into that role. So I was really excited, especially with, you know, the premier team in the league. So, Yeah, I mean, obviously the Empire won the last Arena Bowl. <laughs> it's going to be title in 2019. Um, yeah, is- which, means, which means nothing. Because <laughs> 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 new league, new rules, new everything. Right. This is, you know, it's, you know, we're in a what for, what have you done for me lately? business right yeah and um they did a great don't get me wrong they did a great job uh i'm not saying that in any way the fans are fantastic here i mean almost to the point of you know just passion 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 for this team and um you know we went out after i signed and we went out to get a bite to eat we're sitting down and you know we're just trying we go to a place that's real quiet has a bunch of tvs in it but we're in the far corner and all of a sudden, I look up, and I'm on every TV in the bar, you know, on doing these interviews, and then it was over. Then everybody in the place was over, <laughs> people, you know, and they, they can we, when can we buy season tickets, and when can we do this, and when can we do that, and I just, I fell in love with them. You know, I fell in love with the fans right away. They were just, just so welcoming. It was, it was, it was really heartwarming. Yeah, this this uh, area really loves its arena football. I mean, they had the Firebirds before that, and they won a championship. The, uh, right. And then uh, the last couple of years with the uh, return with the Empire, and they had a you know, great two-year run, which uh, was capped by winning the Arena Bowl title. I was there for that game against Philadelphia, and that was just the place was packed. They, you know, downtown was you know, outside the arena was packed. So I think, and from what you experienced, I think you're learning that the, this fan base here is very passionate about arena football. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's spot on. I mean I had wars with these guys when I coached in Detroit and Tampa in arena ball. So I mean I had you know I'm talking wars we used to have either in Detroit or here, and we would battle, battle, battle. Man, that was that that was one of my things. I think the thing that really drew me is you know there's like I said there's always it just defined there's always a defined team in every league. You know one where. Every coach wants to coach. Every player wants to play for it. You know, there's always that one team. And um, I think that's this team. And what's really been heartwarming and, and overwhelming, I should say, is since I got here, the number of players, coaches that have reached out. Coaches are calling me left and right for jobs to be here. And I already got my staff set up. And I can tell you who those guys are if you'd like. Sure. It hasn't been announced yet, okay. but you can be the first. You can have a breaking news story. Uh <laughs> And, and uh, the, but, you know, players, coaches, uh, just people being, you know, super magnanimous about saying how happy they are for us, for me and my family and, 
you know, it's it's been great. Yeah, obviously the season starts um, in about a month. I mean, you have to hit the ground running as soon as you get here. So, I mean, how is that going to be a problem, you know, getting things going quickly with with the season starting within a month? Well, when the previous regime left, they left us a very limited roster, okay? And when I say limited, I mean limited. And then the ones that they did leave us, um, they took several, several of them with them, okay, mm-hmm. which I understand. Coaches like their certain guys and, you know, no hard feelings. God bless them. You know, I hope they do well. I really do. I was I sent Les a message the other day wishing him the best of luck, and he was the same with us. So, you know, coaches are different than, you know, maybe how owners feel about things or about how fans feel about things. Coaches, we stay pretty much close until you cross a line. You know what I mean? So we're, we're always pretty uh, excited for each other. But um, as far as like um, a roster, I'm I'm almost full right now. I mean, and I'm talking. Well, you guys will be pleasantly surprised as these come up in the next several days. But um, guys with uh, NFL, CFL, arena experience coming in, um, we're looking to win this year. Um, you know, I, I live by the the mantra: if you don't win the championship, you had a terrible year. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't care if you're in the finals. I don't care if you're in the playoffs. I don't care. You know, if you don't have a championship at the end of the year, it wasn't a good year. So we're building a team that not only will will try to win this year, but maybe for future years to come. So it's been exciting building this roster. But let me share with you some of our coaches because I want to make sure that that everyone knows who we're bringing in. we're bringing in uh, Damon Ware as our offensive coordinator. Damon's been around the Arena League. I've coached against him. Uh, he is probably one of the brightest offensive minds in indoor football. Um, you know, this guy has a football IQ that I would challenge anyone with. Uh, and he's innovative, and uh, he can take a set of rules and just work within the confines of that rule, and you'd swear he's cheating, you know, with some of the things he does. And uh, because they're so innovative, and and I love that about him. So we're going to be pretty exciting on offense. And then um, defensively, um, we have a defense coordinator named Sergio Gilliam. And now Sergio's last spot was with the Blackjacks in the AFL. He was the defensive coordinator there. And he's going to be our defense coordinator this year. We're lucky to get him. And uh, he is a super young, bright-minded, you know, hardworking guy that, that I'm just captured, captivated with. And then I'm working on a couple other coaches to bring in, but um, I think offensively and defensive line, I, I think the old man here is going to take it because that's kind of my forte. And uh, being an ex-offensive lineman and defensive lineman, I think uh, I best translate the kind of message I want to send to other teams on how I coach that. Um, we have a great director of player personnel, Dave Mogensen, we've just retained uh dave is by far the best evaluator of talent i've been around that includes cfl xfl nfl i mean I, i'm sure there's great guys in all those leagues but that i've been around he's absolutely fantastic uh, his assistant's going to actually be my son oh. uh us. okay and uh phil's going to work remotely and assist dave in scouting and finding players and continually keeping our board up. He's my baby Belichick. He's been around ball uh, since he was in diapers and 
he's coached with me at a couple stops and he's an excellent coordinator himself, but uh, raising a family. And so we're going to keep him at home to do his job. So, um, yeah, so we, we're, we're, we're putting together a really impressive group of guys. And uh, I think that um, I think the fans will see that, how we play and how we execute. And the people we bring in are all of somewhat of a version of ourselves, you know, um, and uh, we're going from there. We, um, yeah, so we, we have a couple big names on the horizon that we're bringing in player-wise that I can't really tell you yet. Okay. I'm hoping by the end of the week. Um, we're going to make some huge announcements that uh, will knock people's socks off. And uh, God willing, that all happen, fall into place. But, yeah, things are moving really well. You know, my biggest, you know, the, the every team's going through this right now. Okay, whether we, you're in my situation where I just started or not, everyone's trying to make sure their roster's tight, their coaching staff's tight. They got everything done. We're really in no big I'm, this doesn't influence me at all. This ain't my first rodeo. Yeah. You know, I've built teams from the ground up. So um, we have a template, or I have a template that I use at building a team, and, you know, we're pretty much staying to that at this point. So, What is the difference between this league, the uh, Nor- uh, Nor- um, National Arena League, and the Arena Football League? What differences, what rule changes, uh, what, what will we see with this league? Well, you know, there's similarities, yet there's – there's differences, you know, in the sense of, you know, the motions and the rules of the box and, you know, how you can play and where you can blitz and how you can rush and having, you know, your tight ends available and your running backs. And, you know, I plan on the, the look, I coached in the arena league when it was Iron Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things I loved about that was you had to have an offensive lineman that could run down on kickoffs. You know what I mean? Back in the day, yeah. um, he had, you know, he played till he was spent and, uh, then he played some more. And now with, uh, platooning that we do, um, you know, it comes down, I guess here's the thing. If you take IFL, you take AFL, you take NAL and you put them all in the pot. Now there's different rules for each league, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's eight guys going against eight guys. Okay, and as long as you abide by the rules of, you know, the box or what the jack can do or what the, you know, the linebackers can do or what the tight end can do or the high motion guy can do, as long as you adhere to those, it's really comes down to three guys on offensive line working against three guys on defensive line, the running backs responsible for the linebacker, the Mike linebacker, Mike linebackers blitz probably 85% of the time, 90% of the time, if not even higher. And, you know, and that's what it's about. And so it comes down to, you take all that stuff away and you shed it away. It's gladiator games. You know, it's, it's two and a half, three hours of one-on-one football. You're just going. And, uh, as far as the coordinators goes, then it becomes chess, not checkers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the offensive line and defense line is, you know, they're having to impose their will. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I told the owners, I said, I want to get some t-shirts made, um, let's say imposing our will. Cause I'm a big fan of moving something from point A to point B that don't want to move there. Right. And that's how I want us to be. And with the quarterbacks that we're bringing in, believe me, big news there when the quarterbacks come in that we're bringing in you're going to see um we have the ability to throw it down the field score a lot of points or we have the ability to just punch in the mouth 
with their offensive line and defensive line. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Do you have to change anything practice-wise because of the uh, social distancing and the, the pandemic right now? Um, right now, no. I haven't been notified of anything of that nature. Um, we're going to always take COVID precautions, you know, uh, as far as, like, the unfortunate thing is this. The first thing I said when I walked into town is I said, I want to have a big black party. I said, you can't do it. <laughs> I said, I want to go visit the high school. Can't do it. Well, okay, I'll just sit in my office and, you know, <laughs> that's kind of what it, what it ends up happening. I wanted to get out of the community really fast and hard and um, do those things. And I think that's probably more COVID restricted than we are. Um, our guys are going to be all staying in the same hotel. We're going to be eating our meals together. We're going to be doing as much, um, I don't want to say bubble, cause, but we're going to be cautious, right? We're going to be cautious as we can. Um, you know, I, me personally, I'm vaccinated. You know, I've had both my shots. Um, I'm hoping all the coaches come in vaccinated. I hope all the players, if they want to, if they choose to, you know, take take advantage of getting vaccinated. I hope our fans get vaccinated, you know. Yeah. And I know people are still cautious about that, but I, I think that the sooner we do that, the sooner we're going to get back to normal. But as far as practice goes, no, because what we're going to do is, you know, we're going we're gonna to look after each other. We're going to take every precaution we can. You know, it's not like the old days where you could have the water bucket out. You can do that. I'm going to have to go with bottled water and do those kinds of things. But other than that, you know, when you're not playing and you're on the sideline to practice, just put your face mask on. You know, just be cautious. And here, here's the biggest thing. I, I, I guess what separates me from some coaches and, and probably makes me similar to some, I treat these guys like pros. You know, I, I have a conversation with them the very first day when we have team meetings. And I basically tell them, look, I'm going to treat you like a pro. I don't have many rules. Follow my rules. We're great. If you don't follow my rules, I'm cutting you. I'm sending you out of here on a bus. You know, I, I I don't have time for it. You know, we have a goal. We have to win, and we have to win now. Um, and it should feel like that every year. And I, I'm sure all the coaches in the league feel the same way. Yeah. Well, Tom, I appreciate a few minutes. We're looking forward to the season. and Get, get some arena football back after uh, missing it all last year because of the pandemic. Safe travels into Albany. Uh, hopefully, and one of these days uh, we get to meet in person. Oh, I look forward to it. I hope uh, I hope you'll have some of my guys on, yeah, and uh, in the definitely. next couple of weeks. And um, you know, just feel free to stay in touch. Yeah, I, I would rather it's a players game. Let the players get some loving. You know, so we're all set. All right, Tom. Appreciate a few minutes. Uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. Yep. Appreciate it. That's, that's Tom Benaz. Uh, we'll be uh, coming up. We'll talk week six, the penultimate week of the high school football season with staff writer Jim Schultz here on the Parting Shots Podcast. Sign up for the weekly Daily Gazette sports newsletter. The newsletter features updates on the local sports scene from our staff writers, debate on topics local and national, and reveals the latest guests for the Parting Shots podcast. The newsletter is free. To sign up, head to dailygazette.com. It's been a trying year for parents. They've been confronted with countless challenges and have always risen to the occasion. If it isn't too much to ask, the 370,000 high school student athletes in New York have one last request. Please 
set an example. Disorderly fan conduct at high school athletic events is on the rise. It increasingly involves parents. There's no question that parents are passionate. There's no question they care about their children. But at a time when we're all wound a little more tightly than usual, it's worth remembering this about New York high school sports. Always be a good example. Stop unruly fan behavior before it starts. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. What's going on, everybody? My name is Freddie Coleman, host of ESPN Radio's Freddie and Fitzsimmons, and you're listening to the Party Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. It's time to get you ready for week six of the high school football season, the next to last week of the campaign. And the staff writer, Jim Schultz, is here to join me now to talk about it. Jim, uh, welcome back. we got some uh, postseason action uh, coming up this weekend, starting in double-A with some really great matchups. It's uh, some good stuff, really good stuff. Um, One of the games, you know, let's talk about the Shenandoah-Gilderland game because it's a, a rematch from the 2019 Double A Super Bowl. Shen won that one big. I think it was thirty-five-seven. But this is a new season. You know, a lot of kids have uh, kids have come and gone. You know, basically is the way it works. So it's a it's new groups going at it. So it's not going to. I think it's going to be very competitive. Let me just say, I just think it's going to be a really close game. Um, Gilgo had the week off. Okay, they weren't able to play last week because their uh, quarterfinal opponent. Um, was on a pause, a COVID pause. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects them. Yeah, I was going to ask you what, yeah. what that. I mean, how is that? You know, obviously, Shen had the game against Schenectady, yeah. so yeah. they got some momentum built up, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Gilliland had a sit. Uh, I mean, we know CBA also had a, supposed to have a playoff game last week to end up not getting canceled, but they ended up playing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so Gilliland was really the odd team out here, and that's going to be what uh, what's going to happen. You know, I, mean, I think just the one week, I think they're going to be okay. I think, you know, uh, knowing uh, their coach and I think he, they probably had great prep. They probably had great prep. They're already, uh, they could really focus. Here's the thing. They could focus totally knowing that they were going to play probably Shen. You know, it was a good chance Shenandoah beat Schenectady uh, last week. Uh, uh, they looked really good. So Gilderland probably knew that they were going to play Shen. I would think it's not going to affect them that much. The, the big thing in the game itself with Shen and Gilderland is Gilderland likes to throw the ball, and Shenandoah has to be ready for it. You know, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, the both both teams were, I think, even-wise or record-wise, but Gilderland ends up with the home field. Does, does home field advantage in high school football matter that much? I think it does a little bit. I think it gives, you know, uh, this year – you know, you can't pack the place, yeah. you know, so that's especially, yeah, especially this year, yeah. But I just think the comfort I've always, you know, thought, uh, we are at home, this is our home, this is our locker room. Yeah, I did, I do think all those little things add up, uh, and give them uh, a slight edge. And the other game, well, what you saw, but let's think back to Shenstack, you yeah. saw them play against Connecticut last yeah. week. How, yeah, well, well oiled machine were they against Connecticut? Well, yeah, they uh, they look really good, you know, Schenectady is a, is a pretty good team this year, pretty good. Shen is a very good team this year. So they offensively and defense, they look really sharp. A thing with Shenandoah over the years, uh, traditionally they get better. They have gotten better. Every week they've taken another step. They're hoping to take that another step against Gilderland. They looked awfully good. They, their running game looked really solid. They didn't have to pass much, but it was still there. 
uh, uh, Vincenzi threw a couple of TD passes. You know, I think he might have thrown three. So they look good. Shannon looks like they're ready for it. It should be a great game. I just I can't go away from this. It should be a great <laughs> game. Uh, flipping over the uh, Shaker will host CBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shaker uh, four four shutouts. They should, you know they're just they're on a monster roll. Uh, uh, mm, they're gonna be tough to beat. I mean, 2019 still has to be a bitter taste in their mouth the way that happened. I mean, they lose at home to Shannon, I believe, in the semifinals, and then. Yeah, I mean that. Of course, they they beat Shen in the opener, and they've been re- really on a roll since. Shaker, just a good coaching staff. I'm sure they got some good kids. They uh, they're ready to go. They're going to be tough to. They're going to be a tough out, I guess you'd say. CBA, uh, they're prepped for the game. Uh, they played Burnhills in a non-classification, and I I, I think it's going to be good for both Burnhills and CBA. You know, as far as playing a really tough game heading into this. I know it's going to uh, burn Hills. Uh, their coach, Matt Shell, said it was great for them to play a, a team of that caliber before a playoff game. So we'll see how what it does for CBA. They're not going to be easy. You know, they're, they're going to show up and play. I just think Shaker's on a wicked roll right now. So uh, Shaker's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. I'm, yeah. As I said here, yeah. about the fact that, you know, Shaker lost to uh, Shen in the semifinals back in 2019. I mean, did that have they have they talked about that? If so, I mean, is that has that motivated them uh, this this season? I think you know what people are trying to do is uh, 2019 was its own uh, separate uh, thing. New season, everyone's kind of approaching now. What's happening now? And trying to, I know um, uh, the Shenandoah people uh, didn't really talk a lot about the Super Bowl. The two, you know, they're really kind of okay. That's one thing. This is now. This is this year with these kids, this group, this week. And so that's kind of the focus. Yeah. You know, they, they try not to – Yeah, I think that's a sports writer thing. We love yeah. the past. Yes. You know, we, we have tradition and what happened. You know, that's why some sports people hate us. <laughs> I'm looking at a game three years ago, and that doesn't have really yeah. any bearing on what's going to happen this week. So we like to do that. Yeah. That's what we like to do. Well, let's go over to Class A, and uh, we yeah. got a couple of uh, semifinal games coming up. April Park against Burn Hills and Queensbury and Troy. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. start with the Burn Hills game. What do you, what do you see there? I, I, you know, these teams have played before in the past. It's a pretty good rivalry, actually. Uh, April Park is on a roll. They've won a bunch in a row. So, Burn Hills, though, at home, they're, they tend to get better also. One of those teams that, again, coming off their prep against CBA, I just I think Burn Hills is uh they're not gonna breeze. This is not uh, Averill Park. I have so much respect for their program. But I think Burn Hills, you know, being at home, uh, I'm looking at a Burn Hills Troy Super Bowl. Uh, well not Super Bowl, let's let's correct yeah. league championship yeah. game <laughs> next week, the following week. Um Burn Hills looked good. I, I've seen them recently and they uh they seem to have gotten it together. Uh they got a nice running game going. Their D is pretty good. Um, but in the other game, the other game I find unbelievably interesting. Uh, it's Queensbury at Troy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Troy, Queen, I was Queensbury started had their seasons delayed, and of course they got whooped, uh, they got whooped blown out by by Hurls. Yeah. But at that on that day, I said Queensbury, with all the factors, this they're a better team than this. They have proved that they they're a better team. They've won they've won out since then, and uh, earned their spot against Troy. Uh, and again, with their packed in double wing, it's, I love their offense. Um, they've done a great job of bouncing back. Troy has had a great year. Troy is just, uh, 
they're going to be tough to beat at home. Yeah, I just uh, Xavier Lee, he's just one of their weapons, the running back there. Uh, just a little history, Queensbury beat Troy in the 2019 uh, Class A championship game. It was close, 17-13. Uh, so it's a rematch. But again, different kids, mm. different year. Uh, Troy does remember that game. Yeah. And they do. They want a championship. They want to win. They want to go undefeated this year. I do know this. Uh, but I just find that game super interesting. Yeah, very it's, cool. it's, it's a real lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And some other postseason action in Class C, two semifinal games, Mechanicville at Hoosick Falls Tamarack yeah. and the Kosaki Athens at Skylerville. Neat. Yeah, you know, Skylerville and uh, and Hoosick Falls Tamarack, both unbeaten. They've just they've really um, they've dominated. You know, I guess we could say that. They, they've just been great this year. Mechanicville, I like the uh, – they've gotten better. They've gotten better. I don't know a lot about Kuksaki Athens, I will admit. Uh, but I really just got to think the favorites are the two home teams, Who Falls, Tamarack, and Skylerville. Uh, Skylerville, a uh, little history. Uh, in 2019, this is Class C we're talking, but they were Class B in 2019, and they got to the state championship game. Uh, they got talent. Yeah. <laughs> they got good kids. They, they got good coaching. Um, they're just a good team. I just uh, give those teams a little bit of an edge in that. Uh, I love uh, Mechanicals' fight. Yeah, I yeah. love their fight, but um, I think the, the, the two home teams um, are in good shape. You know, should that would be a really neat championship game yeah. as well. So. Of course, in the other classes in B and D will have their championship games uh, uh, next week. So we'll. We'll talk about more of that uh, next week as we uh, wrap up the high school. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing because it seems like we just started and now we're at the penultimate week of uh, high school football. We knew it would go quick, and actually it did. It's just, boom, we're starting, and all of a sudden we're talking about, uh, you know, two weeks to go, including this week. So, uh, boom, bam, boom, and then all of a sudden we'll be talking about lacrosse and baseball. Yeah, well, knock on wood. So actually not wood on the table here. Yeah, our yeah. Party Shots podcast studio, but let's hope we don't have any more COVID oh. issues as we – uh, yeah, get closer to the end of the season here. Yeah. Let's take a look at the uh, Section 2 uh, Power Football Rankings that appear each week in the Daily Gazette, uh, voted on by Jim Schultz, Adam Schinder, uh, Michael Kelly, and Stan Hooty. Uh, Class AA Shakers, yeah, really no mm-hmm. change there. Shaker 1, Shen and Gildland both tied at 2, CBA 4, and uh, Schenectady 5. So really no changes right, there. I mean, right. Gildland and Shen were 2-3, two, so a 2-2. Two, two, so basically, basically, no major change. The one thing with them is uh, they both played Shaker. Oops. <laughs> I'm getting too excited here. Uh, Shen got shut out, but again, it was in the opener. And Gildon put up like 25 points against Shaker. Yeah. So um, go ahead, Kat. Yeah. Okay. And Class A, we had Troy, number one, Burn Hills, mm-hmm. Boston Lake, uh, number two, Queensbury, three, Averill Park, four, yep. and number five uh, is a LaSalle. Good, so, having a good season quietly, having yeah. a pretty good season. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Class B Shamat uh, had a scrimmage against Chatham, uh, so they weren't didn't play last week. They're still number one. However, Glens Falls is number two. Hudson three, Brown Perth four, and South Glens Falls five. So, I want to see Shamat play Glens Falls. I think that would be Glens Falls only got uh, three games under the belt, I believe. Uh, I want to see that game. I want to see those two teams get it on. We'll see what happens. Uh, Class C, Skylerville 1, uh, Hoosier Falls, Tamarack 2, Kosaki Athens 3, McKenneyville 4, mm-hmm. and uh, Granville 5. So yeah. uh, looking at from last week, no major, major changes. changes right? there. And then Class D, uh, 
Greenwich, Lake George, and Luzerne, Voorheesville, Chatham, and Stillwater. So that'll Stillwater with a couple of W's. Good for them. They so, lost a lot of kids from their uh, sectional uh, first ever sectional championship team from 219. You know, hey, uh, new kids, a lot of young kids working their way in, and now they got a couple of wins. So I'm happy for them. Well, Jim, appreciate a few minutes, and uh, probably next week we'll have all all the uh, high school reporters here to talk about the uh, end of the season. We're looking for the uh, the championship games. We really, really can't call the Super Bowls this year, can league, we? League, league championship. That's what they are, league title team. Yeah, title game. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. That's Jim Schultz. I'll be back to wrap up the podcast and announce the Week 9 winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest in just a moment. The NASCAR season is here, and it's time to play the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest. Go to dailygazette.com to sign up and play. Predict the order of finish of each race via your auto racing account. The fan with the most correct points for the race will win a $50 grocery card and have their name mentioned on the Party Shots podcast and printed in Friday's Daily Gazette. The fan with the most overall points at the end of the season wins a $250 grocery card. You can also win a $75 Visa gift card provided by Second Street if you're the weekly national winner. If you are the overall national winner, you will win a trip for two to the 2022 Daytona 500. So go to dailygazette.com, sign up, and play today. The Daily Gazette Auto Racing Contest is run by the Daily Gazette Advertising Department and not associated with the Daily Gazette Sports Department. Back to wrap up the podcast. Week 9 of the NASCAR season is in the books, and the winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest is Craig Robertson of Cohoes. Craig wins a $50 grocery card. Congratulations, Craig. Scott Lucier of Capital Land GMC was the VIP winner. I'll be announcing the weekly winner of the contest, and that winner's name will also appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. Keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you are doing in this difficult time. Even though the vaccine for the coronavirus is here, keep wearing the face mask while you're out. Be positive. Stay negative. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I would like to thank Tom Manaz and Jim Schultz for coming on the show. Next Thursday, I'll be previewing the NFL Draft. Scheduled to join me on the show are Pat Leonard, New York Giants beat writer for the New York Daily News, Dennis Wazak Jr., who covers the New York Jets for the Associated Press, and John Warrow, who covers the Buffalo Bills for the Associated Press. Well, if you have questions or comments about the podcast or you have NFL draft questions, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. The views expressed in the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports, be smart, stay safe, 
wear the face mask.